Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, Black Women Amplified family. It is your girl, Monica Wisdom. I am so excited to be with you today. Before we get into this juicy conversation, I just want to give a sincere thank you for all of your support. Your words of kindness and your sharing the podcast out with people, listening to it, sending me messages, giving reviews, all the things really touches my heart and it keeps me moving forward with all the things that I have planned for Black Women Amplified, including I have revived and relaunched BlackWomenAmplified.com. It's our new website, and I can't wait for you to check it out. So check it out. Let me know what you think. All the things. We've expanded some things. We're going to have the blog, and I also put more information about our guests on the blog because they are remarkable people, and I really want you to get to know them. So remarkable in their lives, and they truly not only have inspired me, but I know that they have inspired you. So please check out our older episodes, older to some but fresh and new to everybody because our mission is to let the world know how amazing black women are. And with your help, we get that word out. So today, oh, I'm so excited about this conversation. I can't even get my words together. So be patient with me as I get through this introduction because I'm really excited. (laughs) And I keep saying that excited, excited, excited. But you know how when they tell you not to meet the people that you love because they're not going to be what you expect? Well, this person is more than I could have ever imagined. Warm, charming, kind, generous, very generous, and very honest and authentic. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Miss Liv Warfield. Around the world, Liv Warfield delivers powerhouse performances From sharing the stage with Prince as a member of the New Power Generation and collaborating with legends including Nancy Wilson of Heart, Cyndi Lauper, Santana, and Lionel Richie, Liv is setting her own path. With her sophomore album, The Unexpected, executive produced by Prince, Liv shares lyrical art with this dynamic release. From Blackbird to Lena Blue and my personal favorite, Freedom, she takes us deep into the inner world of Liv Warfield. Her depth and range is unmatched, as illustrated by her appearances on late night television. Her exhilarating performances took the world by storm, propelling her into superstardom. From The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon to Late Night with David Letterman and Jimmy Kimmel Live, Liv has etched her place in history. Liv takes time out of her schedule, her album release mode, to come and join the Black Women Amplified podcast, and I am so thrilled. It is an honor to speak with her and to share her life and her remarkable journey with you. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to the one, the only, Liv Warfield. Good morning, Black Women Amplified. I am here with a very special guest. I'm so excited about this conversation with Miss Liv Warfield. Liv, how are you doing? I'm so good. I'm I'm in a good place. And thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you. So thank you. When your people said yes, I was like, what? <laughs> yes. yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I mean... You are a powerhouse and I really appreciate your, I know that you're in album release mode and all the things you're doing. So I really appreciate your time. And I just want to say when I saw you on, and I'm getting way far ahead, but I just want to let you know that when I saw you on Jimmy Fallon, it was Mm -hmm. transformative Mm. because at that time there were no brown girls like putting it out like that. 
in the industry with elegance and grace and class and just true performance. So after I saw it, I was like, who is this girl? <laughs> okay. And I went and bought the album and I dug into it and I've been digging in it ever since then. So we're going to talk about your album. But oh, wow. before we get into the album, I know that the world knows you as Liv Warfield. But I want to talk about Olivia. Mm. Who is Olivia and where did she begin? Olivia is um, shy, young, excited, (laughs) (laughs) created a world of her own in her own imagination from Peoria, Illinois. I was born and raised there and everything that, well, I have an older brother. We're seven years apart. So I would say to this, in some ways, it was like raising two different kids at at different times because my brother was gone when both my parents were just they were there, but it was just like kind of almost like a raising a, uh, one child or, or something like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I had to really create a whole different world, but I was really quiet, very quiet. But I was an athlete most of my life. So I grew up with, you know, the intentions of thinking I was about to go to the Olympics and I was a gymnast for 14 years. And after that, I ran track and I was, you know, quite successful at doing both but I kind of had a lot of things as I was younger in that imagination of mine that I wanted to do other things but Mm -hmm. they didn't know it and I didn't show it (laughs) (laughs) at all I just couldn't I kept everything inside you know a lot of my feelings for the most part yeah so what was it like growing up in Peoria Illinois I mean you're literally only two hours away from me but it seems like such a different world it is It is. It's, you know, it's a family town. It's small. A lot of people who come and visit, they say it's, you know, it's real country compared to the city. I was like, no, it's not. And then I go back and I visit and I'm like, oh, yes, it is. You know, it's kind of (laughs) Peoria is its own energy. It's its own vibe. You know, Peoria is very well known for basketball. A lot of athletes come out of Peoria. I would think they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's just a it's a different way. All, All of my mom's people are from Mississippi, from the South. So yeah, it's just a, it's a different way there. And I didn't know anything outside of that city until I moved away. Mm-hmm. You know, I was raised in church, but I never sang in church. I was just, you know, I was really quiet, raised for the coastal, you know, just I kind of kept my own. So you didn't grow up in a musical family? No, 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 I did not. Mm-mm. I think I, I, I attribute some of the ear to my mom putting in me in the violin child my mom shot put me in everything okay she succeeded she was like as long as I keep you busy <laughs> let me put you in stuff so you can get you know so you know you're not getting on my nerves but but violin helped I played it for a long time but the problem was I never wanted to read notes so I was really mm. good at picking things up with my ears I had a really good ear but she was putting me in everything but no music wasn't music we listened to a lot of you know I listened to a lot of gospel and Reverend James Cleveland and Patty and Clark Sisters and stuff like that and Take Six. And I grew up around a lot of that. And then also, since I was in gymnastics, when we used to warm up and stuff like the radio, when we were training, the radio always had my ear, even though it was like KZ93, I guess that's what it was back in Peoria. <laughs> it was like this like a classic rock station, but to be honest with you, my ear had a lot of palate from that, from like gymnastics training, you know, classic music when you have to do floor routines. Like, I guess my ear was picking it up from all over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as an athlete, I read where you got a scholarship to Oregon. Portland State. Yes. Portland Uh State. So was that a culture shock for you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it it was. It was was really different. I honestly truth be told probably the first time I'll ever tell this is the first time anybody's ever known this but I went down there trying to chase a man okay uh, I did all up (laughs) I did and when he moved I wanted to move okay like I shifted everything I could have went to Michigan State like I just like no I just want to be where you are and Mm -hmm. so I went to Portland Portland State gave me a scholarship and that's where I ended And I was like, what is going on? All this rain. Like, it was just, it was such a culture shock for me. It was different. 
that didn't work out. My parents were like, child, you coming back home. I was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) I'm going to stay and make this work. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. I had to stay and make it work for myself. And so I did. It rained a lot. (laughs) I was very depressed, but also willing to make it work. Like it was just something at, how was I, maybe 19, 20? It was just something where it clicked in my mind that I had to be like, no, I'm staying. There's something that pulled me there to stay. And for good reason, because being in Portland really changed my life. It changed my whole trajectory of what I wanted to do. It was different. It was quite different. How did it change your life? I really felt like I could be me. You know, I didn't have any family pressures telling me you should do this or you should do that. You should go to school to do this. Or, mm-hmm. You know, my parents, they were quite pissed off. You know, when they learned I was going to karaoke bar instead of going to class. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, what is going on? Our our daughter is touched. (laughs) You know, I just started to find my own way. And even though it was, you know, Portland was at that time was really fun. I was just able to discover who I was. I paid the price along the way at times just because I was naive. But I knew for damn sure I was going to make it work out. Whatever, whatever that was, I knew in my mind it was going to work out. Girl, like as soon as I got there, three weeks in, I went skydiving. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was like, Lord, my parents had had me hemmed up in the house for way too long. <laughs> okay, I get it now. Somebody went buck wild in Oregon. <laughs> Girl, she went crazy. <laughs> But I, but I needed that, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. too crazy out of pocket that I didn't know, you know, don't go too well, you know what I mean? Without having my parents and my, my mother and my mind or anything like that. But it was a certain kind of freedom that allowed me to think for myself, you know, and I can understand the overprotectiveness that they were trying to shield, not just my parents, but my family. You know, I have a huge family in Peoria where I'm from. So mm-hmm. child, you know, they see you outside, there's an auntie or a great auntie or a cousin of an uncle or somebody that knows what you're doing <laughs> that can go back and tell mama. You know, it's like one of those types of situations. You and know? back in the day, you got two whoopings. You got it from the people that saw Listen. you. And then <laughs> after the phone call, uh, auntie so-and-so called. <laughs> Baby, look, like I said, there are eyes in the streets. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knew where you were. I saw your baby on the corner. What? Listen. <laughs> Listen, that's exactly what it was. And when I got to Portland, it was like, oh, oh, you know, like, all right, you know, I, I was doing a bit much, but at the same time, I was able to really find out who I was, and I discovered my, I really discovered my music there. I discovered my voice. I just discovered trying, you know, doing something for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was hard, but I was glad because I knew without a doubt, I've always had this feeling since I was eight years old. Like it was something like in me that I wanted to form. I knew this when I was eight, oh, wow. but I just kept it inside. Like I didn't mm-hmm. show anybody that, you know. So when that eight-year-old was dreaming, what were her dreams? Oh God, I wanted to be like Diana Ross. I wanted to flip my hair around. <laughs> I wanted to sing. I wanted to I wanted to perform, you know, in any way, whether that was in front of the TV, I just wanted to be a performer, you know. And I yeah, that was something deep down inside I I really did feel when I was a kid, you know, whatever that was. I just wanted to create, not so much as that was I was so creative. Like I was always writing, I was a writer. Um, the beautiful part about my mom always telling me, like, go get a journal. Like, she would always make me write. Mm-hmm. Write. You know, if you feel in this way, write about it. Get it out. You know, you ain't going to get it out on me. <laughs> right. My mom did the same thing for me because I wouldn't, I can talk to a tree now, but I did not talk. And so she literally sat me down and said, here's a pen, here's some paper. Mm-hmm. Just get it out of you. Yeah. That's such a powerful moment that they knew. Yeah. You got to get it out of you because I'm not going to come get you out of jail. I'm not going to come get you off the side of the road. It's true. You have to get this emotion out of you some kind of way. That's right. That's right. So even though our mothers of that generation didn't know much, they knew that Mm -hmm. you can't keep this bottled up in you. That's right. (laughs) 
That's right. So that's yeah. a beautiful thing. I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's a Midwestern thing, but my mom did the same thing. Here, write it down. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, yes. you were became an independent artist as you were in Oregon, and is that where you released your first CD? Yeah, yeah, I did. And you were you went from karaoke to performing, then your own music. But I'm really curious, how did you go from an independent artist in Oregon exploring yourself <laughs> to yeah. soon after performing on stage with Prince? Mm. What is that oh. journey and how does that happen? Oh, man. It's like a couple of things, right? It's like I've started from the ground up. When I tell you, I mean, I was a street performer in Portland. Like, I mean, I was really, I mean, grassroots. Mm-hmm. Like, and also the underlining of that was this constant manifestation for me when I wasn't even knowing I was doing that. Right. And so I just wanted to perform. I wanted to write. So I went to the steps from performing everywhere from all these karaoke places and doing state fairs to finding mus- musicians around Portland that would want to write songs with me, skipping that phase, creating some band in Portland and Portland, like in like your Linda Hornbuckles, they've raised me, you know, giving me my first shows to perform on a stage and then learning that phase of it. And then releasing my first <laughs> album, Embrace Me. And then that being a whole phase in my life where I thought, okay, I've done it. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. And then somebody coming into my life being like, well, Prince is looking for some background singers. Would you want to send up a video of you singing? I was like, no, <laughs> not that I didn't want to, <laughs> it, who he was and is, and it's more like, I don't think I could measure up to that, you know? Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to me, I ended up finding out that he did want me and I got a call, called to come to Paisley Park and, you know, all these things loosely, if I didn't, when I felt like I was giving up, my heart really wasn't, you know? Um, I, I could, I am saying that now because I realize that now, like I was manifesting it so much of just wanting to learn. And because I love music so much, because it's so much of me walking in it every day. It is so much of like, I don't know what I would do without it kind of energy that I feel like God just like when I met Prince, it was just, oh man, it it was like (laughs) the master teacher, like really, because he knew I was, he knew, he absolutely knew that I was scared. And he also knew that maybe if I probably tweak a little bit of this and like help her <laughs> with this and like, you know, he saw that, that I didn't see that in myself. Mm-hmm. And so he took a chance on me and I am like so grateful. Yeah, I always say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Man. Oh, and that's clearly yeah. you were ready. <laughs> yeah, I, And I what guess. a, what a teacher. I mean. <laughs> it's like it's like my Angelou calling and saying, "Hey, come over here. I want to yeah. show you how to write a book." <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah. And I, I mean, life changing. And that's not even the best word I can even think of to describe the situation. Transformative, absolutely transformative, absolutely transformative. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're on a stage with. And I know we're skipping over a lot of your story, but oh, when, you're sure. on a, yeah, when you're yeah. on a stage with Sheila E and Prince and all these mm-hmm. dynamic performers, mm-hmm. how do you maintain your voice and your autonomy as an artist without getting melded into what they're doing? Because you definitely have your own self to protect and to emote. How do you maintain yourself when you're in the midst of all of that that's a great question I guess in the time that I was part of MPG I just really wanted to learn I wanted to soak up as much as I could and be there and be present like for me I just always knew that my sound is my sound and I don't want to change that for anybody I'm Mm -hmm. sorry but I also knew to leave space to grow within that like Prince was very very, very like direct on what he wanted, you know, but he also knew how to work with each one of our voices. 
he never changed anything or tweaked anything that we did. He just knew where to place us. Like me, Shelby and Alisa and I, he knew which voice worked for which song, not changing anything that we did, which was wonderful. Like, you know, he knew how to like map it, you know, to where it fit, you know, fit his, in his world. Right. Mm. Never changed us, but it fit into his world. And I, I appreciate that. And it's, it's, it's a hard dynamic. Like it's also hard because he's so much of an influence. He's a huge influence for me, especially when it comes to rock and roll. Rock and roll has always been there, you know, from sister Rosetta Tharp, but it's just, he just like edged that out even more. Something that was probably just sitting dormant in me, you know? Mm -hmm. So to keep that essence of who you are, I, I knew I just didn't want to change that way for me. I think that he kept it, you know, and I just was there like, oh man, what, uh, what else can I put on the topper of what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. You know, how to arrange better, how to write better. What are you saying lyrically? Like those things that it was more of like, he was just adding more sauce onto whatever we had, like all of us, you know, and that's the wonderful thing about working with like Sheila and Prince and everybody else, you know, NPG, like NPG is that we were just, just we just had our gifts that we just all rose to the top of the best that we could be that we already had, but it was just rising more to the top. And I think that's what he wanted from all of us, you know, because I mean, we'd be watching him on stage. And that's another thing I would tell everybody like, man, it's so hard to like, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know, just to watch him and to focus on us doing the music because you're like, oh my God, I am in awe. Like he's a whole nother level of, transcendence right now and like okay stay on your note (laughs) (laughs) you know it's really going there and yeah yeah when you were on that stage how did you maintain not fanning out (laughs) 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 because there had to be some points where you just looked at him you were like oh my god I am on this stage with these people Oh, absolutely. All the time. <laughs> All the time. And you had to pull it together because, you know, he didn't play that. Mm. So, you know, you got to be on, you got to be quick. And I, yeah, it was hard. <laughs> hard, that too. Every time. Because every show was different. Every move was different. Every night, every energy was different. And it was hard not to. But it was such a beautiful place to be in the frequency that he was in. You know, if we can get I, I shouldn't say the frequency that he was in because he was in his own, but just to be a part of it, mm-hmm. to be a part of the flow was everything. So what was the conversation like when you were ready to do your album, The Unexpected? Him becoming the executive producer. Ah, uh, that was, I'm not, it wasn't challenging. It was just more like, <laughs> the best way I can describe it is like, Oh man, I was super nervous and I was more like, can you help me? (laughs) (laughs) And it was more like, okay, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to do a record and he's more like, what songs you got? You know, because the thing again, again, like I still was even an MPG, like still super shy. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you know, my skill set and you know what I could do, but you also still don't know this other side of me really. So it was more like having to prove like, okay, I can write songs. And I've had these songs that I've written like years ago before I joined MPG and like I'm finally getting the chance to do it. He was like, oh, okay, you know. And so before we really got started and I came out with Why Do You Lie? And then I think I put that on like CD Baby or something and everybody reacted to it. Then he listened to it. He was like, oh, okay. Now, okay, you come up with songs like that. <laughs> what else you got? You right. Know? <laughs> like, mm, and then, you want to be a little singer. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, all right. You know, like, okay, I got some more. I promise you. And uh, he was like, okay. And then I'm trying to think. Then after that, I played him so lifted. He loved that. And then, and then it just kept rolling and I kept writing some stuff and he was like well you know what is your story you know what do you want to write about like what what's your thing like what is it are you just writing songs rewriting writing songs or like what's your 
inspiration. Like, what is it? You know, and I told him, you know, I was at that time, I was just really inspired, like Isaac Hayes and stuff, mm. you know, like Cleopatra Jones was still one of my favorite movies. And I, if I was to do a soundtrack for it, like this, these are the songs that I would love to do. Like that was really my whole inspiration a lot of the times for the album. And so I did that and he loved it. And we wrote your show together and it's, it's just some, some, it's a cool experience. Like I, it went by so fast, you know, mm-hmm. it just went by so fast that I probably didn't take in the moment as much as I would like to more now I'm thinking about it mm-hmm. because it just went by super fast. You know, it was such a, it was a crazy experience. Like I wouldn't change it for anything. Cause I learned so much about myself, about the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you learn about yourself? That I was ready and I wasn't ready. That I hadn't really lived the way that I wanted to live my life yet to write that record. It's an amazing album. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love every bit of it. But I guess I'm seeing that now because my album, I just finished this album, this new album. And so now I'm living different. You know, I've got more age on me now. Mm-hmm. I've got more into what the business is to me now. So now, I, now I'm looking back at it now in a different way because I was rushing. I guess I, I was rushing it. I was, I felt like, man, I was rushing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even though it was a really great album, like I really loved it. I was feeling like I was running to prove something to something to someone to get there, to get there fast. Right. And um, yeah, that's what I learned. It's so interesting you say that because when I was deep diving into the world of Live Warfield, mm-hmm. I was I was like, something's missing. Mm. And then I listened, fast forwarding, but I listened to your song Mantra. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there she is. <laughs> I said, there she is. That's, that's, there she is. But let's mm. go back to the unexpected. That, that, sure. I, I'm just going to say it wasn't for you, it was for me. So we'll yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> because the more I listen to it and get through the layers of it, it's just like, oh my God, is this girl in my journal? What is going on? Oh, bless. <laughs> but I'm telling you that the lyrics to Blackbird mm-hmm. are so mm-hmm. relevant right now because there's a conversation that Black women are having that's saying, I am not strong. Mm-hmm. I need help. Mm-hmm. I need support. I need love. I need to be cherished. I need to be adored. I need to live this soft life. So when I listened to the lyrics of Blackbird, <laughs> you wrote, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wrote it down, but you know what you wrote. And I was just like, oh, she is letting him know. I don't need your song. I don't need all these titles. I don't need appreciation. I just need to be myself. That's right. What sparked that song? Well, first, Funny enough, I didn't write it. Okay. My guitar player wrote it. Ryan Waters, extraordinary writer. When he wrote that song, I was like, ooh, this is for me. (laughs) Same way how you felt, (laughs) right? And I was like, man, I'm just who I am. You know what I mean? And I feel like the world and society trying to, especially as a Black woman, they're trying to put identifications on who I am when I step into my presence, when I step into the world every day, mm-hmm. like, no, you know what I mean? You are not, a, you are not about to identify me. You are not about to peg me. You are not about to, I am me, you know, and I'm standing all the way in truth of who I am. And it took me some time, even within singing those lyrics in the very beginning of Blackbird, you know, sometimes what I never wanted to do was just sing a song to be singing a song, right? It like, it has to hit me in a way that, okay, the change is coming because I know I got to perform this live. And if I don't perform this with conviction, it's not going to read, you know, for just, that's just for me. So every time I perform it, it's like, man, yeah, I ain't no slave. I ain't no queen. I'm just a blackbird. Here I am in your presence every day. You see my face. So it's one of those things that, especially now that we're dealing with like the mental health of black women, not just black women, people all around us, everywhere. It's just, man, people have to find a place, especially the social media and all computers and all the stuff that's going around, all these frequencies that are happening and moving all around. Like we have to find a place, whatever that serenity is for you, 
and to learn to find strength in that, you know, like every day, like I've never had to do this every day until maybe about five years ago. Like I'm constantly trying to do some affirmations to get my head right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the world, man. <laughs> it really is. And it's it's in such a disarray. And we've been through some stuff. I mean, first of all, we're Black in America. We come from the Midwest. We've seen a lot of things happen. And it just seems like life is devolving in such a destructive way. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then people pull on us as Black women for our strength. We need your voice. And we just like, we're going to sit on the couch and eat popcorn and chill. (laughs) Watch a movie. I think you nailed it there. I think, you know, you pulling on black women for their strength. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that's the thing. It's about protecting it. You know what I'm saying? But also not feeling like you being a fool to let somebody roll over you either. Right. You know, that's, it's kind of also the the fine line and the balance and all of that takes energy every single day. You wake up and get out of bed. That's the thing is like dancing on a tightrope every day and I'm telling you I really didn't realize this and maybe until like a couple years ago you know you trying to protect your peace right you know I'm over here I got Florida water I got castor oil chowder <laughs> <I> got, <laughs> you went way back <laughs> I, 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 I'm telling you because now the protection of everything is everything mm-hmm. you know and if you don't speak truth and in, in power into your sisters and your brothers man, that's so important right now. You know what I mean? And just to see us so scary is our negative, the negative energy attacking us and then dropping one by one is a scary, scary thing. Very scary. And the thing is, it's more prominent than ever because sometimes the social media, it's in your face. It's in your face constantly. We were growing up, it wasn't so much in our face all the time. Maybe it was happening all the time all around us, but now it's in our face. So the protection of us blackbirds, whatever, protection is necessary. You know, your strength as a black woman is necessary. You know, and and also the beauty of being a black woman is necessary. You know, people painting the picture of, you know, being harsh, you've got an attitude. No, 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 (laughs) no. We just speak power into our truth and stand on it. You know what I mean? From our ancestors is something that's probably just bred in us to do. We fight. And so, you know, mm-hmm. and we know how to navigate you That's all. Right. <laughs> so we're being, we're in survival mode. That's right. Essentially. And so we are, as a community, are trying to get out of survival, survival mode so that we can take care of ourselves. Like you said, our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health, mm-hmm. but we know how to navigate y'all. And so we have to be real direct and clear. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then we know to our to our partners, no to our children, just no. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now in your upcoming album, Olivia, <laughs> are these the themes that you're talking about, or is it just a whole new chapter of your life? It's a whole new chapter of my life, I guess. It's been it's like nine years since the unexpected. And I've really Oh, I've really gone through it. And I feel like I finally know who I am now, right? Creatively, I know who I am as being an artist. Like I really now feel like I can call myself an artist (laughs) because for so long, I just wasn't really okay with that. Yeah, I just wasn't secure in it. Not not okay, but I just wasn't secure in that feeling. But now I definitely am. Now I feel like I've lived a lot. I feel like you really, really hear my true voice. You really hear my maturity. It's very fun. It's a fun album, but it's also a very real one about life, about what I've been going through and nothing to be somber about or anything like that. It's more of an uplifting, but a very direct way I've been feeling. So yeah, it's it's some, it's some funky stuff on there. <laughs> very funky stuff on there and then um yeah it's it's a really good album 
Yeah, I've changed the album name, not to Olivia, but it's called Edge. So it's Edge. Oh, Edge. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Life yeah. took you over to the edge and now you're flying. Yeah, yeah like you did all seriously. <laughs> really. <laughs> really, really, really. A lot of things, of course, with everybody, life was trying me. Mm-hmm. You know, after our brother passed, I just, life was trying me. And yeah, it just did me in. It did me in. How were you able to unravel that part of your life? Because I know that for us, we lost somebody that we're a fan of, but you lost somebody who believed in you and who supported you and who walked this journey with you. And I know that feeling. I lost a dear friend of mine who was also my champion. And so mm. when you lose somebody that champions you, it's a little bit different mm-hmm. because now you're like, okay, now I got to walk this tightrope by myself. <laughs> yeah. I can't make that uh, call anymore. How did you navigate that and how did you unravel it to find yourself? It was hard in the beginning, but I, I also just feel like his energy is always around, you know, and I think that's the thing in knowing how great his presence is, you know what I'm saying? Like what the music did, you know, what the message of the music left, you know, and it always was a great way for me to like heal and get back into it. It took a minute, you know, but it also was more like, girl, get out there and do, you don't need me. Get out there and do this yourself. <laughs> you don't need a phone call. You don't need a, like a reassurance. Cause you already know deep down, you already know what you want. And you know, it's just been sitting inside. Sometimes it helps to have somebody validate it for you, you know, but you know what you want. And it, it just took me a while to get out of that. And it just took me a minute to just get back on my feet, you know, really like 10 tones down, like not until like last year that I was like, okay, I'm setting in this, like I'm set, I'm this is what it is. This is who you are right now. You know, you're different. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really okay with that before. I was not okay with that before I was like trying to play this game and catch up and like, you know, and I had to like turn my ears off and to other things that I was hearing and just, you know, just kind of like be in respite mode for yourself for a minute and do you, you know, I had to really just concentrate on doing me but who was I really that's what I was asking myself that's why it took me so long to like really create this new record because I'm like man who are you now you know listen if Shade can take 10 years you're okay with this amount of time (laughs) true yeah there like there is no time and space it's only the perfect time I can't wait to hear the album let me say this I want to know what in the Cirque du Soleil is going on in Chicago. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, what is really going on? <laughs> <laughs> you are, you've joined a circus. You are an aerialist. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes. And it is amazing. It's called Cabaret Zazu. And I've been kind of doing the same thing a couple of years ago, but this year I've, I've added aerial to my act. So I'm singing and doing aerial art at the same time. It is like dinner and theater and comedy, like world-class circus acts. Let me tell you, world-class. It's extreme. It's amazing. It's, I mean, it's, I keep telling people it's kind of, it's hard to describe it because it's something that you just have to go and see, but I'm telling you people come back over and over and over again because the show is so extraordinary like really it is it's the best love story in the city of chicago it's the best live band in the city of chicago like it's just all of it's live in front of your face and in such a small intimate circus tent and the tent's over 100 100 years old i believe and it's inside the cambria hotel and it's a stunning space as soon as you walk in you are like where am I at? <laughs> yeah, you are. You're transported in this whole different world. And it's like audience and like actors are coming out and waiters and wait staff are like dancing. It's like everything's coming out of these different areas. You're like, what is going on? There's always something going on in that tent. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, it's, in, it's really incredible. How did you get involved with them? When I did the show a couple years ago, it was called Seattle's Insanity. They have a space in Seattle as well. I got approached by them to do something and they had a tent in Chicago that they were creating and they were like, do you want to come to Chicago? I was like, yeah, I live there now. So, and I started it and I was like, what is this? <laughs> what did I just <laughs> It is the most creative space. Like, I think another thing is it's like Cabaret Zazu has really helped me to really create and have fun and play. Like it's it's like it's the best playground, you know. It's the best musical playground, you know. And every night it's like this. It's not the same energy every night. It's quite different, you know. It's a little reminiscent of you know going on stage and performing for us. I guess I should say as a band for me and my band, it's maybe the same songs, but the, the energy is different every night, mm-hmm. you know. So it's really amazing. It's a, it's something you're currently doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm there till July. My last show is July 2nd. Mm, right before the holiday. Right, yeah, yep. That's yep. amazing. Thank you. So then yes. the, the costuming and the makeup and the, yeah, all the things. <laughs> it's over the top. <laughs> and I've always wanted to do something like that. That's another thing, maybe the costuming and it's it's just so over the top. It's beautiful. You know, you have Ultsi and Victor. Victor's a uh, world-class juggler. Ultsi is a contortionist. They're from Ukraine. Oh, wow. And they're so beautiful. Like, their act is incredible to see that close. It's super intimate, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and when you can see artists like that, circus artists like that, like, you have trapeze, like, literally up in two feet. Basically, <laughs> Right. You get to see the like, facial expressions and the it's like going to oh, see a Broadway oh, show in the small theater. You get to see right. all the all the elements. And a four-course <laughs> dinner too. Oh, wow. Yeah, on top of that. So it's no there's no space, I don't think, in Chicago that's like this. And it's really quite different. And the beautiful part is they change the cast maybe once a year, or it's like a rotating cast where the cast changes all the time. Oh, so cool. Yeah, they keep it fresh. They do. They keep it. So it's kind of like Vegas, where they have a show that is just in that hotel, and that's the show for this hotel. Okay, cool. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) Like, like Frank Ferrante says, it's amazing comedic actor. He's like, you know, they do have a lease on that building for thirty years. So, honey, they ain't going no place. No place. <laughs> no people will be able to take their grandkids. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. amazing. I, you know, it's beautiful to see how your artistry is evolving and changing and how you are morphing into the moment that you're in. Mm, and I think that's you. a beautiful thing because most people get stuck in. I have to keep doing this because that's what people know me for. You're like, I'm all of these things. I am many facets yeah. of a diamond. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so I'm going to show you my theater. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to show you artistry. I'm going to. I might just sit down on the piano and sing. Oh, I don't know I, about that, but you know. well, you never know. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> I pull True. that violin out and squeak on it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's so true, though. <laughs> You never know with the creative person what you're going to do. Now, before we get out of here, because I know you have things to do, I just want to know, what is your vision for the next chapter of your life? Uh, I really want to be on tour. I, re- I just want to be playing live. I want to play a lot of shows live. I want to be able to create a residency of my own that I'm able to actually do aerial and do my show. I did it before, actually. At Cabaret Zazu Tent, I did do it, a concept show that I'm working on. And to be able to tell, you know, a beautiful story about taking chances on life and just trusting your gut and just because that's what I've done. And just to keep motivating others, that's what I really want to do. I, I, I really want to motivate the young generation just to know that like, don't be scared. Just take a chance, mm-hmm. right? Take a chance on it because you never know what you'll find. 
Mm-hmm. And if I can do that with my nonprofit, which I do have, which is Lena Blue Foundation, and I just want to be able to do more creative work and be on stages all over the world, honestly. Mm. you know, and and keep creating, you know, and because that's the one thing that I know that gives me breath. It gives me life. Mm-hmm. It's just, just stay creative, you know, and keep motivating others. And when they see it, anything I could do to help, I'm here, <laughs> you know, just make sure your energy is right. right. <laughs> Don't come up in here wrong. Don't come up in here wrong. That's make a sure beautiful thing. Love. So- Tell us a little bit more about your foundation because I literally just found out about it. Lena oh, okay, Blue. So, Is yeah. that inspired by the song or the person who inspired you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Lena Blue, my Aunt Lena, because she poured so much into me. Even when my mom and dad didn't know I was a singer, she didn't know that those words that she was telling me were the things that I held on to in my 20s. Take a chance. You know, I'd hear her say to me when I was younger, when I was a kid, I know what life has got for you. She pulled me to the side. I think she was like in her 60s or 70s. She would just hold my hand. And I probably was like maybe eight or 10. I know what life has for you. Don't give up. Don't hear anything. Don't let nobody tell you what you can and can't do. That really right there really changed me. And if I could do that and help as much as I can with kids who are in the creative arts, we've actually been doing some Lena Blue series here in Chicago. We do it at Lay Piano from time to time where we take different creatives and we try to pour to them, give them, give them a space to showcase their art, whether that's fashion, whether that's trying to help them get an instrument, whether that's showing off their artwork, whatever we could do. I'm trying to create that space for them to do that. So hopefully this year I'll be able to go to Peoria, go into the high schools, and to try to create the space, like if you want to be a writer, let me introduce you to the people that I've actually grown up and known, you know, to help you know about publishing, knowing about your rights. If you want to be a writer, if you want to be a poet, whatever I can do, let us pour into you to do that. You know, so the thing for me is about pouring, be able to pour into somebody and pour into these younger generations. That's what we're about. That's beautiful. How can people find out about Lena Blue? You can either go to lenabluefoundation.org or Instagram, but lenabluefoundation.org for sure. How exciting. It's yeah. I mean, and, the, and the kids, I know they light up when they are experiencing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. And if I could, you know, and also if anybody has any ideas, we really just want to be able to support. And if anybody wants to partner, we definitely love to do that type of stuff too, you know, to partner with the kids any way that we possibly can. We love it. All the ideas. We love it. So, you know what? Okay. I'm going to email you offline about something. I have a friend in Chicago who does work with kids. So. Oh, good. I would love that. I don't know why I didn't think about that before. (laughs) No, no, that's (laughs) always perfect timing. (laughs) Oh, yes, it is. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God. I could literally talk to you forever. I feel like I'm talking to a cousin. Yeah, that's how I feel. Feel the same way. Feel like I'm talking to a cousin. I just the last question I have for you, although I have a million questions I did not ask. What is your black girl magic superpower? Oh wow. I guess honestly, I guess I just feel like my superpower is just to pour into my sisters. That's just always been my thing. Like, that's my superpower. My superpower is just to uplift her, call her, tell her, motivate you. Like, that's really where I feel like that's been the thing for me. I mean, not to say from Lena, from Aunt Lena, but she's always did that for me. And I think that's one thing that resonated for me because I was able to change because I was always able to be there. Like, sis, I got you. Mm -hmm. Whatever you need, I got it. What, you want me to make this phone call? I got it. Ooh, I know. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, that's my superpower is to pour into my sisters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if you come in with a pure heart, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, that's my superpower. I feel like I'm an empath to some degree mm-hmm. that I can, you know, I feel it so much that, I mean, I feel it. I'm one of those. Like, I <laughs> feel it right off. Ah. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's like, what now? What happened? Okay, let's go. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, no problem. Let's go. Let's handle this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, because yeah. I'm not about to sit here and look at you and know that you've got this power within you. And I'm look, right. I see it. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's get this girl. Let's let's do this. Like yes. I call my best friend and she'll be like, girl, I don't know. I'm like, uh-uh, let's no. If we gotta, we gonna stay up all night till one o'clock and fill out this paperwork. Let's get let's let's fill out this grants. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. You know, that's that's <laughs> that's me. Well, that is a beautiful superpower. Yeah. And let me tell you what, your life has been nothing but super magnificent. I don't know how many people can manifest the opportunities you have manifested in your life. And that in itself, it shows how powerful you are. And I hope that you really know how powerful you are. And that if you could create what happened to you prior, I can't imagine what you're going to create for your future. So I just want to thank you for joining us. You always have an open invitation. I'm just down the road. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I really do. Thank you. You are so welcome. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. And again, you have an open invitation and I wish you all the best. And when your album, you're ready to come out, come back and talk to us. I would love that. And we have emails. So I'm going to email you some people. Yes, maybe please. Maybe help you with uh, Lena Blue. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Always, you know, that's what we do. <laughs> that's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yes. Well, I have so enjoyed this conversation. And again, I appreciate your time. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless all of your endeavors. God bless you too. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining. Keep shining.